You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Steady Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. And, and Nick. All right. We barely got a Dan here. I got an Ann, I think. He's uh he's still the disco. <laughs> no, I'm not at the disco. Not at the disco, <laughs> Nick. The disco was a couple days ago. I'm back. Today's game four of my lightning, uh, potentially sweeping the Stanley Cup. So big bro. I'm getting excited, getting ready for that. A hey, question for you. Now, if you you, I'm guessing you'd be able to procure tickets for Game Five. So, are, are is any part of you hoping for a Canadiens win tonight? So that's for a great chance question. To be in in the stands. Yeah. So I've never seen my team win in person in a series like this. I've been in numerous Finals games across a couple different sports, but I've never seen my team uh, to win in person. So as much as I would love to see that in person, and I do have tickets for Game Five. Just I never case. want to cheer for my team to lose a game, you know. So if it happens, it happens. Um, but I, I just want to win no matter what. So if, if it goes to five, great. If it doesn't, I just want another Stanley Cup here in Tampa. Am I allowed yeah. to come out and celebrate with y'all like I'm a fan? Oh, absolutely. I so I'm, th- I'm thinking at the parade. Lifelong Lightning fan. Silk yeah. was a Lightning fan a few years ago. There's some receipts. I had a playoff Check my receipts, Nick. That's right. Um Big Nick, bolts. you're not allowed to go, of course, because you muted <laughs> yeah, yeah. those be, words. Be You'll fun. have no idea what the celebration is. He's a Panther fan, I can tell. Okay. Yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> I not, see a, him. not a competitive ice skating fan. That's so, so Nick, I think, think I think the or Silk, I think the parade will be on on Thursday or Friday if they win tonight. So get your uh, get yourself over to Tampa. Let's celebrate, oh, and man. then if the game's on Wednesday. I'm still waiting on uh, our boy Kev to give me a call. He wanted to go to a game, so oh, you're the guy because like you've been doing all the partying. So I know you're the go-to guy for like the scene I need to go to. So yep, I, I, I know all the places. I know all the people. Starting to meet some other movers and shakers around Tampa. So oh, the shakers and the movers. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So we got we got the uh, the place to be the party. You know, wherever I'm at, that's where the party's at. Absolutely. What party? He's, he's jagged edge. It's where that's the party's at. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, jagged, jagged Daniel. <laughs> Get out of it again. Do they do uh, it like Miami does? It's a boat parade or they do it through the streets? So last year was a boat parade for uh, the Lightning and the Bucks, but that was a little bit because of COVID. So I'm not sure what they're going to do uh, this year. Uh, the boat parade just went off so well last year that I think that they'll probably continue that. But I would also wouldn't be surprised if they try to do something on the streets as well. The city of Tampa is getting used to these, so they probably already have a cookie cutter uh, route picked out. We sure do. Yep. Uh, you know, guy, you have Gasparilla, you have the Lightning, you have the Bucks, you have the Lightning again. Who knows? You may have the Bucks again. You may have the Rays. Who knows? This is this is our vibe. This is our scene. I think it'd be smart to just invite Tom. I think Tom got celebrating in Tampa, kind of narrowed down. He might throw the the, the, the cup. Cup might hit the water. Y'all might not be able to pass it on to the, a new team next year. Is what I'm saying. Like get Tom involved. <laughs> I can keep it in Tampa. If that cup can talk, the stories that that cup has. 
Man, I just I, I wish that it, you know once in my life I could have won the Stanley Cup to celebrate the way that those boys did last year or a few years ago. Alexander Ovechkin when the Capitals won, I think that was like 2017 or 2018. They won on like a week long bender. I don't know how they did it, but we well, just did it last week, bro. Easy killer. Easy. <laughs> just a couple days. Just a couple that was days. Saturday. Yeah, that's just right. Saturday night. That rolled into okay. Sunday morning. I'm getting too old for these nights, boys. Getting too old. Tell me about it. That's wild. Oh. He's been on. He's been on a, a month long bender, and he's saying he's getting too old. He's for these too old. Nights. Yeah. How was uh, How was y'all's boys' weekend? Uh, Fourth of July yesterday. Did you guys do anything big? Not at work, man. I'm just a busy, busy guy working. So I was planning on just chilling with the fam at the crib, and we was doing that a little bit, and kind of got some calls up there at the Kush house, and I had to make a run up there, so. Uh, ended up with ended up with the family up there, having some dinner up there, enjoying Orlando a little bit, but just work, bro. I don't get to do a whole lot of fun these days. But work is fun. So uh, just had like a little neighborhood neighborhood shindig with some food at mm-hmm. a uh, an adult sized like uh, bounce house slip and slide kind of adult thing. Adult size. What's a, what's um, adult size mean? Nick? Like it, like it was like two stories tall. Oh, he just, he just want to make it, no. My kids play on those too. They just make want to make it sound like. <laughs> It wasn't embarrassing for adults to have a bounce house. Uh, I mean, I think there were some adults just like shoving kids out of the way so they could go down. Not to say that I was doing any of that. Uh, But yeah, just some uh, just some drinks and fireworks. Nice little weekend. So the the, the bounce house is really for the kids. They had a a smaller kid size one. I guess the brave kids went on the one with the adults. Um, My girlfriend might have kicked a couple of them to, to get them out of the way. Um, so I mean, there, there were there was definitely uh, hmm. different different uh, different ways to act in each of the, in each of the two. The smaller one, like uh, the friends we were with, they have a a seventeen month old, and that's something she can go down. And then, gotcha. um, and then the bigger one, you know, just had to shove some eight year olds out of the way. Like, hey man, there's a pecking order here. What was on the menu? Everything: bur- uh, burgers, hot dogs, ribs. I think they had some like pulled pork, brisket. Just, a lot of food, a lot of people. There it is. Good time. Sounds first time, I've had, first time I've had like off. I haven't had anything going on um, on on the Fourth of July in a while. Yeah, yesterday was a uh, was an easy day for me. Uh, like I said, I was out a little bit late. Went to a concert by a DJ by the name of Griffin. Uh, got tickets to that. Uh, a little too beady for me at times, um, but was out pretty late yesterday. Just kind of spent the night. Uh, or the day in, uh, for the most part, grilled out a little bit. But then we have fireworks outside of where I live. The city of Tampa has this big, like, synchronized thing that goes all up the river walk from Armature Works all the way down to Sparkman Wharf. And I can see the fireworks uh, from where I live. Uh, They're supposed to start at 9.15. Computer glitch, 10.35 is when the fireworks finally start to go off. Um, So shame, shame, city of Tampa for a city that's used to celebrating. Um, Couldn't get it figured out, you know. Yeah, they have these things. You know the date uh, when you're going to do the Fourth of July, so it's a shame. Right. It's like looking ahead, then. No, you yeah. ahead, looking ahead for the big game. Yeah, it's probably looking ahead to the finals, so the they NHL caught, finals, and they got, got caught, caught with their pants down. There you go. It happens. That's right. So, so we got to get them next year, boys. Um, a little bit better on the fireworks, but outside of that, it was just a, a nice, relaxing weekend, which was a uh, nice, relaxing day. Pardon me, not a relaxing weekend. Any a relaxing storm prep? Day. So what? Any storm prep from you guys? You guys. No, I don't really know what to uh, to expect or what to do. So I'm just going to kind of, you know, hunker in and hope for the best. It, it doesn't seem like York? it's going to get too, too bad. 
You said you didn't know what to do. I was confused. You're from New York? Oh, no, I mean, I know what to do. I mean, but like for, for like a tropical storm, there's not much you can do. I mean, I've got food. I've got hurricane-proof windows, and mm. I've got electricity and, and internet that all runs underground. So hopefully none of that goes, and, you know, it's just a storm, and we can keep it moving. Yeah, no evacuations or anything. Growing up in South Florida, I always I get a yeah. kick of how people in Gainesville like freak out for this stuff. I'm like, we're two hundred and like fifty miles inland. Like we're right. fine. Fine. But I bet if I go to Publix right now, there's like twelve cases of water left in the whole place. Oh no, I mean Floridians don't really like hurricane like prepare unless it's like a four. Yeah, that's anyways. Amazing. Wake me, wake me up when it's a four. It's like a right. tropical storm. Back in like high school, middle school, you get like a tropical storm, you're like, all right, bet that's that's a day off school. You get up to a one or a two, you're like, hey, I might get a couple of days off school now. Uh, yeah, until it gets to like four or five, you're not really worrying or, you know, running to grab some canned tuna or anything like that. Right. Yeah, and, you know, now that we have this whole new work from home society and everything else, it's not like much changes. Um, you know, I'll still have to work regardless. Everybody else will keep working. So, you know, we'll just hope for the best. And, you know, hopefully it's uh, it doesn't get too bad. And, you know, Tampa has a flooding problem. So that's the only thing that I'm worried about. But I think we'll be – you know, fingers crossed. All right. But, but if not, boys, we went out fighting the good fight. If, if this is, if this is the if last, the, if this is the last time we chat, I appreciate it. Yeah. Somebody prep for the tropical storm. Very good. I was just testing everybody. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, let's get into the show. Got a lot to talk about. Got Hector Rodriguez on talk a little bit about the Gators and the major league baseball draft. And then we got former Gators offensive lineman and current NFL player, Fred Johnson coming on the show. Uh, but first, let's give a shout-out to our friend Lee Friedland of the law firm of Friedland & Associates, who's going to help with auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases within every jurisdiction in the state of Florida. Give him a call at 1-800-95-INJURED or visit him at yourfighthourbattle.com. And Lee Friedland of the law firm Friedland & Associates. So I've got a couple things to talk about Um this past weekend was the opening out in – is it still out in Oregon? I think it is, right? Um, out in Oregon, Julian Humphrey, uh, the Gators' highest-ranked uh, prospect that is committed to the class, uh, who we've talked about as being one of the fastest players in the country, was the fastest player at the opening. So congratulations to Julian Humphrey on that honor. And then Nick Evers, who was a quarterback that uh, committed to the University of Florida, performed very well at the Elite Eleven. Uh, I don't know if the final results have come out from the Elite 11. I know Sports Illustrated had him ranked as the third best quarterback. I know 247 had him rated as the 11th best quarterback at the Elite 11. But for all intents and purposes, it seemed like Nick Evers had a good performance at the Elite 11. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, Rivals had him 10th. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm guessing uh, for our purposes, we'll go with Sports Illustrated's. Did you guys see film or anything? Um, just like the little clips and stuff. I remember being out there because a lot of it's seven, seven on seven stuff. Um, a lot of it's just you know uh, accuracy, but you're throwing on air. There's no pass rush stuff like that. Right. Uh, I think the biggest thing I got from watching Evers, I hadn't seen a ton um, of him before, is that he, he has a lot of zip on the ball. Um, a lot it of looks like, yeah, it, and it doesn't look like it's 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 high effort e either. So it's kind of just like flick of the wrist, and, and the ball gets to where it's going pretty quick. So I like that. Um, and I'm trying to think of when was the last time Florida had a quarterback at the Elite Eleven um, get talked about, you know, in, in this way? Because I think Will Greer was the last one in a finals. I think Ant and Emery were like 
semifinalists didn't get to the actual league 11 though. Um, so I was just trying to think of when was the last time Florida had a quarterback committed already go to the elite 11 and then, you know, uh, place in the top five, you know, depending on who you ask. Right. I think it's like goes to like a great eval. A lot of people were mad about the Jacurry Brown thing. We invested three, four years or three years recruiting him and then kind of pulled the plug on that recruitment after um, McGee came on. The, the board changed out the uh, we changed quarterback coaches. So things got a little weird there. And we had some wants and needs. Everybody wanted Jacurry just because of his athletic abilities. But Dan saw a guy, narrowed in on him, and it was a great eval. Just ahead of the game a little bit on this one. Um, I think his athleticism is, is through the roof. Uh, he can make all the crazy throws, but him making some of them crazy throws while moving is crazy. Like, um, just seeing the arm strength, accuracy always going to be, like, questionable because there's no defense, like Nick said. So it's just a lot of the ball placement and throws he's able to make at this stage of his career as that's, that's the big boy throws. And that's kind of where we're getting to now. I remember talking to Brian Johnson about it. He's like, these guys are coming to campus now. And, and they've already got all this stuff, like the back shoulder throws. Um, right. They're coming to campus way more prepared. Specifically from Texas. Were. Texas is a little bit more prepared. In certain mm-hmm. states, I would say Georgia's one of them. Georgia usually prepare quarterbacks very well. But Texas quarterbacks are on another level with uh, preparation for the college level. They come in. Like Kyle's a little bit sharper than Felipe as well as for the X and O stuff. So I think they come in a little bit sharper um, tool-wise and classroom-wise. Yeah, Florida, for whatever reason, has not been the state to produce, uh, you know, those top top end quarterbacks. You want linemen, you want DBs, receivers. South Florida, South Florida's got more than enough for you know to fill the whole country. Right. Um, but quarterback, you know, whether it's North Central, South Florida, just haven't really had like those guys. I'm sure some of the you know remember a name that I'm you know forgetting now. But uh, yeah, it's a few. It's just like the culture of quarterback is, is like quarterbacking is terrible in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was watching Nick Evers. It seemed like there's a, a drill called the gauntlet, uh, which tests ball placement uh, under and with stamina. Um, he performed really well there. I think he ranked third overall uh, in that. Um, I don't put much into seven-on-seven. Seven. You know, it's not his teammates. You know, offenses usually struggle on seven-on-seven seven just because you're you know, trying to run through a playbook with guys that you don't traditionally – I play with so um, in the skills that you're looking for out of a quarterback I think Nick Evers did really well um, you know he's improved drastically year over year and I think he's going to continue to get better and I think it's a great eval um, you add him with Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones if he comes back uh, and you know Carlos Del Rio and and Jalen Kitna I think that you have a very 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 strong room top to bottom I like that all the all big three had someone there with Jacurry Brown and, and AJ Duffy as well too. Yeah, because um, we had to flex on somebody, and Evers <laughs> came to do what he had to do. So I like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought that he did uh, did very very well. Um, outside of that, uh, Florida Gator um, Lean, I guess you want to say, is five star wide receiver Evan Stewart. Uh, he had a breakout performance there as well. Uh, that would be truly an incredible get for the Florida Gators. They should be able to uh, – they need to be able to, pardon me, get a guy like him on campus. Uh, those are the players that uh, attract other big-time talent to play with him. Uh, but adding Evan Stewart would be incredible. And, and if you want to watch just somebody yeah, – I, mean, I mean, we talked about errors. I didn't mean to cut you off, Dan. My bad. Yeah, you're fine. I mean, we talked about errors from a standpoint of being like a, a alpha male in the recruiting standpoint, and we wonder why. 
Um, some of these kids want to play with him because his rankings not is not reflecting him being an elite kid. But I think he's gonna start skyrocketing up the boards, and a lot of that energy and mentality he got on the recruiting trail is gonna help even more with with his ranking backing that up. Um. Yeah, that's what that's all I got. To say. Yeah, right. no, I I, I agree 100 with you, Silk. I think that Nick Evers is a is a great uh, a great talented player. I think that he's going to rise the rankings on Rivals two four seven, um, ESPN. I think that he proved a lot this weekend. Um, right. I think that he'll be a you know mid ranked four star guy, and I think that he's going to attract other talent. And you know he goes in, wins at these camps, and does well. You know he's going to continue to attract the eye of you know, of, of high-end running back prospects, wide receiver prospects, and, and the like. So, um, you know, congratulations to Nick Evers and, you know, really doing well. Pardon me at the Elite 11. Um, in other news, obviously, last Wednesday, um, a lot of the name, image, likeness stuff went into effect. So here's some of the Florida Gators football team that have announced some things that they're doing. So Anthony Richardson, um, jumped on board with Dreamfield, which is a, an app to hang out with players. Um, I don't know for how long. I'm, I'm sure there's a, a discriminant amount of time. Uh, but to hang out with Anthony Richardson is going to set you back about $500. Uh, Antonio Shelton uh, also drummed Dreamfield for $100. Uh, Jordan Pouncey is $50. And Jeremiah Moon is $150. Uh, Donovan McMillan has announced that he's going to start monetizing his YouTube account uh, and it's going to be working alongside with Stadium and Gelt alum Darren Heitner uh, to map his plan of what his name, image, and likeness is going to look like. Rashard Torrance, uh, as well as Avery Helm, have signed up on the Yoke app. Uh, I think there's a few other players that have, which is a streaming platform uh, similar to Twitch that allows you to game for money uh, with other uh, players and celebrities and things of that nature. Uh, Desmond Watson has signed with our very own Spencer, Spencer's Jerk and Jerk. Here. So that was a huge announcement that came out on Thursday. Uh, Spencer uh, and his big meat promo. Uh, that was nice, well, like, 400 pound defensive Right, lineman. right, right, right. No, I don't know, bro. That's weird. I think that's a perfect matchup right there. I mean, that's like that's like me and Moe's. I mean, if you're thinking of, of Desmond Watson, what's a better promotion than than, than big, big meat? Got, right. got jerky, got some shirts. Um, that one, that one sold itself. I got think. big meat. Yeah, and then uh, Zach Carter uh, is heading to Gen Loop. Who Silk? I know that you had the uh, the creator of Gen Loop on your um, Big Three Roll Up podcast uh, last week. Uh, Gen Loop is a, a place that you can get. Uh, athletes to post tweets or Instagram uh, posts about you. I think it's 20 or $30. And I think an Instagram post uh, for Zach Carter costs about $80. I'm also announcing clothing brands and just brands as a whole. Uh, Jacob Copeland announced Trey Dean, Emory Jones, Gervon Dexter, and Malik Davis, who went with the MD20, uh, which is very similar to that MD2020 uh, liquor brands. So I'm very curious to see uh, like where those uh, where those brands go. But uh, shout out to all those boys uh, and best of luck to them. I think that there's a lot of announcements that came out very quickly. Uh, and now I think a lot of them are taking a step back to assess the market, figure out what their value is, and then go from there. Yeah, I'm about to buy some of all they merch. Give me the link. I'm going to buy some of everybody's shit. I love it. I love it. So. Are you guys surprised with how quickly some of this came into fruition? Are you surprised that more didn't come out? Or, or what are your initial thoughts going into the first week of NIL? Um, 
I'll be I'll be the hater because I, I feel like you've had some time to figure this out. Um, to me, it looks like a lot of guys are just trying to make a quick, a quick hundred bucks, quick rack. Um, yep. I think Donovan McMillan is the one doing it the right way. Um, he's already had the YouTube. That's not even what I'm talking about. But just getting somebody, whether it's an attorney or an agent, because you can do that now, to kind of handle stuff for you. Um, not just Florida guys. I think I've seen it across the nation. Some like MS, some MS Paint logos being put together and thrown on like a Hanes T-shirt. Yeah, um, and like, some of it's bad. And, and I'm not going to pay $45 for that. You might, you're going to make some money off of that, but like, I don't see like real thought going into a lot of it. Um, and, and I think you need to also, I mean like, Hey, like they didn't teach me when I was in high school, how to like balance a checkbook. Um, someone's gotta be telling these guys like, Hey, when you're getting th this money, like that's gotta be taxed now. So like, don't yeah. go and spend the thousand dollars you made from your t-shirts. Um, that's a corporation, you're a company. So I think getting somebody and it's tough because there's gonna be a bunch of uh, a bunch of snakes in the grass too that just are gonna try to take advantage of kids. But I think that's what I want to talk about. Like anybody that rolled out like a deal, like some of these big companies, like like some of these people got deals for like barstool. Like what does that consist of? I don't think the barstool thing is anything. I think they're just like Portnoy came out and said that he's sending them. It's nothing right now. They're signing to him. Uh, I think to sending, what? That's what I'm saying. Like he was, he's like sending what? them. He's sending them like free shirts and stuff. Yeah. Um, maybe they'll come out with something something later. But then. You know, we're looking at Florida guys, and sure, you can play video games, do whatever. But then I look at someone like uh, a Spencer Rattler, and he signs with um, what was it? It's like a chicken wing company out in like yeah, Alabama, raising canes. Um, uh, the the two girls, the twins who play basketball at Fresno State, I think. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, they've got millions and millions of followers. That's the other thing too, is that you you can get a small portion of your fan base to buy your shirts and stuff, but what this to me really is going to capitalize is the people who have already marketed themselves, whether it's on Twitter, Twitter's not even great to sell. Instagram's much better if you're trying to monetize your social media yep. platform. TikTok's been great for that. So these guys and girls that have amassed a hundred thousand, a million, two million, four million followers on these social networks, there's already been a plan in a way and a place to create and, and monetize, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or any of these other socials. So to me, it's you can. It's like the Bible. Like, it, you know, give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach him how to fish. I think you need to teach these people, these kids, about marketing themselves and creating a brand of their of their own name, rather than just saying like, "Hey, I threw together this logo, paid someone fifty dollars mm -hmm. for it. I'm going to slap it on a T-shirt and sell it now." Yeah, I think you're right, Nick. I think that there's a lot that goes into what a brand is and it's a lot more than just a logo and you know why would i wear your brand right i mean i named what six players that announced that they have branded t-shirts on the florida gators roster i'm sure there's going to be more that come out in the next few months you know how many are is each fan going to buy right and just because you have a following or just because you're liked you know what does that what does that mean for your brand and what are you putting out there and why would i want to be associated you know, to your brand. And then you have to remember that your actions now represent a brand um, beyond just, you know, being a player on a football field. There's a lot that goes into it. I, you know, I do like that one of the things that is a part of the name image likeness legislation in Florida was that they are required to have financial literacy classes taught. 
um, in them. So uh, there's a there's a portion of you know a requirement that falls back on the university to make sure that these kids know about you know corporations and know about taxes and know about what to do with that money when they get it. So I think that that's a good value add. But Nick, I think you said it you know very very well. Is you know just because you're a good athlete or a player that might be a good athlete one day doesn't necessarily translate into big dollars. And you know, I don't think just, being good or bad matters at all. Right. I think to well, a certain degree, if you're Emory Jones and the starting quarterback at any of these universities, you'll get paid somewhat regardless. Like, right. You ain't got to be that. Sure. Uh, a business intuitive to, to like get paid as a starting quarterback. Like this is just going to kind of flow in. And of course, you need the business behind it to kind of organize things. I think the kids, the, one thing about these kids, they understand the Internet and those old, old people don't. I think they understand algorithms. I think they know how to get shit trending. I think they know how to gain a million followers mm -hmm. quick. They understand TikTok. And I think branding, it, it ain't about like, um, it's simple stuff. It's just like gaining a following. It's not about like what it looks nice or it's a good clothing line. Your brand is you. So I think these kids need to know how to do content. They got to know how to right. articulate themselves and come across on apps. All that stuff is, is taught at the University of Florida or at any of these schools. I think the, the major thing is it's just not jumping in any bad deals. Like some of these mm -hmm. companies are just throwing anything out there. And, and, and some kids just want to tweet, I have a deal. That's why I was saying the Barstool thing. What is it? Even if you're right. giving them a shirt, like, why are you announcing? What deal is that? Like, why are you looking like you're giving out a deal if you're just giving a kid a shirt? Like, it comes off, right. like, weird to me. Um, and, and I know Barstool, he came out and said they didn't have any plans. So, like, why are these Barstool accounts saying they signed this kid and that kid and this kid and that kid? To me, it comes off a little weird, like. Yeah. People are signing any and everything just to say they have a branding deal or they're making some type of money or they feel left out. Um, I talked to some of the kids. Some of these kids are just chilling. Um, you got like, like Emory's not jumping on any and everything. Emory could have made some of the, the money that De'Ara King's making. But if you're, you're a Heisman kid that might be going on a Heisman run, signing into deals too early may be a bad move business-wise, right? You may sell your stock a little too high, a little too low too early. Um I think some of these kids are just playing and, and letting letting the value set itself, and then they'll make a move out to the value set. Like everybody's not jumping on the deal. Yep. Some of the deals that are jumping on, not even deals. People are just tweeting stuff. Yeah, and that's why I, I think there's a, a FOMO thing, right? I think that's how the bar right. thing ultimately worked out. Is like, hey, I can make my myself, or hey, it's some, you know, hey, I'm doing something by by saying that I'm signing up with somebody. I think that, you know, that's why I don't think. I mean, Spencer Rattler obviously had the the thing with Raising Canes, and Derek King had the the college hunks hauling junk uh, deal, and I think there's been a few other bigger deals. There was the the gymnast from LSU who Mark Wheeler got all horny over um, on the timeline um, that, that signed a big deal. But like outside of that, I mean, you haven't heard a lot of the big deals because I think a lot of them are trying to figure out what their, where their place is, what that means and, and what they're going to potentially sell themselves for. So I wouldn't be surprised if you don't start to see some big deals in the summer with right. players that are, you know, starting to make their, a name for themselves and, you know, the Heisman trophy race or the, you know, the bed and Eric race or whatever it might be. But I do think these kids understand like the apps and how to get shit trending mm -hmm. and how to get like shit popular real fast. You know what I'm saying? I think we don't understand a lot. I don't understand. That's why I be trying to get to keep these young boys around me, try to figure things out with these internet, man. Try I mean, it's like it's like we I think I got like a cell phone in like eighth grade, and that like the best thing that could do was play like snake on snake, it. Snake, right. Um and then like MySpace came around like in high school, I think. So like we like at, I'm 32, so like in my age group and like in this bubble, like we kind of know it, but the kids now, like they were, they were born life. in this stuff. This is like, this is, this is what they do. Um, 
it's just how they communicate. And that's like when people, when, when old heads on the message board, like they should take Twitter away from these guys. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> you might as well put them in prison. What do you mean yeah, take right. Twitter away? Um, you can't do that. Um, so I think, like you said, so like this is just their language. They understand it. They get it. They know how to get on the For You page on TikTok and and and, and blow that. They don't stuff understand up. the business, but they understand getting shit trending and getting popular. Yeah, know yeah, how to so, like, yeah. So my thing is, it's kind of what I said before, and I think it's smart. If you if you're someone like Emory Jones, um, don't jump at the first thing just to be like, oh, well, I got mine too. Like I, I right. signed to someone too. Um, I think. A lot of this stuff is was going to go crazy at first, and then I think it's going to settle down, and then you really got to just make smart moves. Unless you're someone that's you know uh, like me or Dan on, on a team where we'd probably be the the last guy off the bench. Like what? Someone wanted and those guys can make money too. We talk about Clifford um, all the time in our DMs mm-hmm. and stuff. Like yeah, got, like guys like that is understand the internet and know how to just like elevate their brands and themselves and know how to make content. Those guys can monetize. They they definitely they not they know how to, to 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 raise a TikTok to that many following. They damn sure gonna fill out on uh, figure out monetization. Yeah. No, I mean you know one of the, the biggest players um, on the team in terms of content last year was you know Princely Uman Milan, who like yes was a four star recruit, mm-hmm. you know and had a bit of following that way, but he didn't play very much last year. You know he developed and put out great YouTube videos, great content, and I think that he's going to be a guy that you know. Ends up getting a pretty big, you know, opportunity because he does have a personality and because he does have the skill for it. So, yeah, very curious to see where all of this stuff ends up. But uh, you know, congratulations to these guys for the opportunity to make themselves some money, and you know, and and what that future opportunity looks like is is we'll we'll see. Exciting times, man. And I think one thing we've seen, uh, you mentioned one person, uh, but I think one thing we've seen, everyone was talking about, this is just going to ruin recruiting. It's only going to be for football. It's like, no, there's going to be a bunch of people, men and women alike, they're going to be able to, to, to Bro, make a tennis player can monetize himself. Like anybody can monetize themselves to go make some money, man. And people are talking about football. how this is going to kill the Olympic sports. This might be a, a way for people in the Olympic sports to make money and to make ends meet and 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 – and especially in this year when the Olympics are about to start. Paying people don't ruin anything. I'll tell you that right now. Like people start making money, things get better. <laughs> they thought I appreciate that. Like watch. It'll get all get better. Just pay people. Trust me. That is, uh, yeah, that's why I never understood the argument against it. Right. Now watch Absolutely. now watch the jealousy in the locker room. We'll, we'll see who's who's really your friend and, and who's that's already mad. there. And who's getting mad. That's, that's probably true. That's there. There. Man, that ain't changing nothing. There's prayer players that get uh, preferred treatment and all that stuff, or got yeah. more money, different shoes. Like who knows? Like it's already getting more girls. That that's already a thing, man. I don't think money. It's just like up your bread, man. Find a way to get more money, but I don't think it's gonna be a thing. Someone's McDonald's bag in Knoxville is bigger than the other one. That's a that's the thing in locker in, in NFL locker room, right? Somebody's True. making less money than than somebody. The coach is making less money than a bunch of them. That's right. That's right. All right, boys. Well, let's get on to the rest of our show. Um, before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Roof Soldier. So obviously, we've got a tropical storm already on its way to Florida coming in the next couple of days. Uh, so no reminder that we are in the middle of hurricane season. So if you need a new roof or if your roof is leaking, uh, maybe you need um, to replace your roof because your insurance company is making you give Roof Soldier a call at one eight seven seven roofs fl Again, that's 877-766-3735, or visit them at RoofSoldier.com. Mention Stadium and Gale. You'll get a, at least $1,000 off of a roof replacement. So, again, RoofSoldier.com, 
877-ROOFS-FL. Let's get Hector Rodriguez in the show. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale from Rivals.com and Gators territory is Hector Rodriguez, the man that knows all things baseball. Hector, how are you doing today? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. good. We, uh, I think we're all coming back from 4th of July, and uh, you and I were talking about it. We got the, the baseball draft coming up uh, end of this week. Yep, starts on Sunday. Weird day to start a draft. Yeah, weird day to start a draft. I think they, and it's also pushed back farther. Um, I mean, this is over like a month late. Normally they would do it um, right around super regional time. Yeah. Um, but they didn't know how many rounds they were going to have or what was going on. But as always, when we're talking University of Florida baseball, um, the draft is huge when it comes to who's going to get to campus and, and then, you know, uh, from the recruiting class as well as who who will maybe come back from the from the team and, and who's not going to be coming back. So uh, let's start with the guys that are on the team. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously we're looking at Judd Fabian, Tommy Mace, Jack Leftwich, Christian Scott. Is there anyone that you think um, is draft eligible that, that we can see back on campus? Um, yeah, there's one guy that sticks out to me, and he played a lot for Florida. It is um, Chris Armstrong. I could see Armstrong coming back um, simply because he he had a high strikeout rate. That's a big issue, especially in today's game with baseball. Strikeouts are already up, and for him, like his K rate was like really, really high. It was you know, and you know, when you look at Chris Armstrong, you see six foot three, six four, two hundred thirty pounds. I mean, the kid looks like he should be you know, playing football at Florida as well, but. You know, he, he the strikeouts is going to worry some guys, and I think this year because he still, I think he still has two more years left of mm-hmm. eligibility. I think this is a year that he'll just um, he'll be able to come. I think he'll be an everyday guy, probably play first base or DH for the for the twenty two. Yeah, he um, obviously the strikeouts were a thing for him for a while, um, but. When you look at a guy like him and, and the power is there, it's already there. That power normally doesn't stay for another year. Um, I know that he's a Scott Boris guy, and uh, Scott Boris will get blood from a rock before it signs a contract. Um, so I think that, that might play into it as well. Um, but that would be a huge a huge get <clears throat> for someone to come back. Um, and you plug him in right there at first base, and you start to look at the team, and the, the infield is pretty much set. Um, one, one you and I have talked about a bunch – uh, what about Judd Fabian? We, we've talked about how much leverage Judd has. Uh, is it still just a pipe dream to think that that number four could be in center field next year? I think it's a pipe dream. I think some team is going to take a chance on him in the first round, and I think it's going to be the Cubs. I think a Chicago team, either the White Sox or the Cubs, is going to take him in the first round. Um, he didn't have the best season, but the power's there, and I feel like with their hit, with their player development, they they're going to be able to fix all the mistakes that he had. And, I mean, this was a guy that was probably going to go top five, you know, was even talks of being the number one overall pick going into the season. So I think I think he's gone. I think there's just too much talent there, and I don't see him back at Florida next year. They're going to probably have to put a true freshman, whichever true freshman comes in on campus to play center field because I'm looking on the roster right now, and, and I don't see a center fielder on their roster currently. 
Nick, I think you are you muted? I can't hear you. Um, yeah, I was muted. Sorry. Um, I didn't jump around too much. Um, one of those one of those <laughs> high school outfielders we thought for sure would get to campus, but now it's looking unlikely, um, is Jay Allen. He's a guy that you probably would have said, hey, if, if he comes in freshman year, we'll just slot him in when Judd leaves, and, and there you go. You got a center fielder. Um, but he's a guy that's risen up draft boards, and, and now I'm, I think you and I are on the same page. We don't think he's going to get to campus. Yeah, in my opinion, he is one of the three locks in Florida's class that will not make it to campus. In fact, I think Jay can actually sneak into the late first round. The three teams I'm hearing about that are the most interested are the Tampa Bay Rays, the hometown team, the Dodgers, and the Toronto Blue Jays. I know the Blue Jays, you know, send a couple of people to go see him at the future, at the Florida All High School All Star game, and I, I think he had a pretty good game there. So. I mean, it's going to – so, yeah, I don't think he's going to make it. And the other two guys I don't think make it are Painter and Petty. You know, mm. your top three commits are not going to make it. And that's expected for a program like the University of Florida. You're, you're going to recruit at that level. Well, those guys are not, are probably not going to make it. And if they do, they make great – they're great impact players like how Brady Singer was. Right. Heck, I'd be following baseball from afar, and Nick be lying to me a lot. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Are we concerned about Sully and the program at all? The way the way last year went. Nah, I think it was just. I think a lot of things just were going the wrong way. Um, you had a couple quick injuries to some bullpen arms that were going to be used a lot. I mean, the the one that doesn't get talked about was Tyler Nesbitt. He was a true freshman, and he hasn't allowed a, a run in his entire collegiate career. And he was a guy that was committed to a small to Florida Gulf Coast. Went to a to like the national tournament, like the elite 11 of, of high school baseball and was the best pitcher in that tournament, won the MV pitcher and two days later flipped to Florida because Florida immediately saw how good he was. And as a true freshman in 2020 was excellent. Gets Tommy John, um, doesn't pitch this year. I think injuries played a role, especially when it came to the bullpen because that was supposed to be their, like one of their biggest strengths, like how deep their bullpen is and, they just didn't get it this season because, you know, injuries and also just some guys underperforming. And right. look, when you have the number one recruiting class in the country and there's a lot of like excellent players here, like Florida has 23 commits. Two of them are JUCOs, 21 high school guys. Florida, not only, not only do they have like one of the highest amount of kids, but they have the highest like average player total, like average player ranking. Like they're number one in the country and Vanderbilt's number two. They're like at like an eight point something. Florida's like an above a ten, and Vanderbilt actually has two more commits than Florida. Mm. Now you were talking about speaking of commits, you're talking about recruiting and, and um, a couple of top guys are probably going pro. How do they normally supplement for that when they have guys that, that they predict in the class or they recruit and they miss or they go pro? How do they like pick up? Do they hit the portal? Do they work JUCO? Like how does it normally work in baseball? Well, it's usually been JUCO guys, and also. You know, coaches expect like when they like when they probably landed Andrew Painter like two years ago, they were like, Yeah, this kid's never gonna come to our school. He's six foot seven, two hundred and thirty pounds and throws ninety-eight miles per hour. He ain't coming. So they it's already publicity thing, like taking his commitments is like publicity, good good look. No, well, it's stuff, just stuff can happen. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. gotcha. Like, yeah. You know, something happens, an injury, you know, bad season. Up, you know, yeah. Even a bad season. I mean, with that with that kid's potential, I mean, this is a kid that was one of two high school players to be 
in the Golden Spikes Award finalists. No, there's only two high school kids in the country that actually get to do it because that's a college award. And he right. was the high, best high school pitcher in the country. And, look, they flipped the kid from a very small school, but he's from the state of Florida, um, Fisher Jameson. Um, when he, he was from Bryant University. But when I when I saw the kid pitch like through videos and stuff, I'm like he's six foot five, two hundred and ten pounds, and he throws ninety four. Why was why wasn't more schools on this kid? Right. How did how did Florida just like look? It's like oh yeah, you know we, there's that kid too. You know the biggest thing is there's just so much talent in the state of Florida that mm-hmm. you know just same thing with football. Football like this, like the state of Florida is probably king. When it comes to baseball, it's the same exact thing because you, like there's guys that are on Florida's roster. And there was kids that actually were committed to Florida, um, but never made it to campus because of the draft. But they were originally privated, uh, previously committed to smaller schools like UCF and Stetson. And right. in fact, one of the Juco kids that's committed, Sean Gilliams, it was a UNF pitcher for, and he never, but he never pitched this season because he didn't like the, the player development over there. So he went Juco and 24 hours after the transfer portal, Florida picked him up. Mm. Yeah, stuff happens. Like Brady Singer's a guy that probably no one expected to get to campus. Um, he goes second round, turned down that money. Uh, Carson Whitson, uh, years back, was the ninth overall pick, turned down $2 million. So baseball recruiting is interesting in that you have to over-recruit because you know some of these kids aren't going to come to campus. So uh, if something crazy happened and everyone that Florida had signed comes to campus, there's going to be some – some hard conversations with some guys and say, Hey, there's just not money for you here. Cause we didn't expect it. So you kind of have to over recruit um, cause right. you're, you're recruiting against uh, the draft and against millions of dollars um, in, in some instances. Now they had to, they had to make those tough conversations last year. A lot. There's yeah. a lot of kids in their 2020 recruiting class that signed, but they told them that, Hey, be, you know, because of, we were keeping Tommy, we were keeping Jack and all these other guys, you know, we're going to have, you know, you're going to have to go somewhere else. What, uh, so all we're talking about is bad news. Who is, uh, who are some <laughs> guys that, that we could, that, that you're excited about in the, in the class that we think will get to campus. So the first guy that comes to my mind is perfect game, all American catcher, Randy Lastress, catcher down here in South Florida. He's a Miami kid, but he plays called high school Charles baseball at Calvary Christian Academy. Rene is the number three high school catcher in the country, according to Perfect Game. The kid is about 6'3", 205, 210, great size, has great power, elite defensive um, catcher. But there's some swing and miss to his swing. And I feel like that is going to hurt him. And also a lot of MLB scouts just don't like drafting high school catchers because a lot of them don't pan out mm. because of one thing or another. You know, sometimes it's difficult for catchers. To be, you know, even though you don't need a catcher to hit, you know, at a very high level because he matters so much defensively, then you're not going to waste a high draft pick on a guy that's probably not going to hit. You know, he might be great defensively, he might might be a Gold Glove winner defensively, but if he's batting two thirty and you know his OPS is below a seven hundred, you know, it's kind of a wasted first, you know, early round pick. You want if you're going to draft a hitter in the first like first few rounds, you're going to want that guy to you know mash. You want him to be a productive player. You know, even if he's good, you know, even if he's like average or subpar defensively, if the bat, may, you know, if you can hit, you're always going to play. So you know, they'll find a position for you. I mean, the American League doesn't even even put you on the field. You could just send the dugout and you know take three at bats a game. So that's why I think what really matters. And a kid like Randy, he's going to probably ask for a lot of money. And I feel like teams are just going to be like, you know what? We'll see you in three years. Yeah, that's a. 
catchers in a position too. And you're seeing a lot more guys, um, a lot more teams take college guys just because that that turnaround time from draft to the pros is going to be shorter. Um, and then when you're looking at a position like catcher, like, hey, you're, you're not used to catching what we're going to have in, in our farm system, let alone what we have, you know, on the big league team. So I think that progression is, is even a little bit farther um, for, for catchers. And that would be, that'd be a guy I could see for Florida um, making big contributions in, in year one. Uh, and then there's another one that I really like um, in the Tampa Lakeland area, Jake Fox. Yeah. Fox is a kid that I've spoke. I've actually spoken to recently and he's, he, I mean, he's a kid that if he comes to campus, I feel like we'll be a day one guy. I feel like he can, you know, immediately make an impact, start at second base. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. And you move, but Florida already has a second base. I mean, Colby Alter, a true freshman, the kid had a great season, but I think he's, his more natural position will be third. Kirby McMullen was your third baseman last year. He's gone. You know, he's, you know, his eligibility is up. Maybe he gets drafted. I'm not sure, but um, I feel like Holter moves to third. Rivera will stay at short. And Jake, um, Jake Fox will be the easy transition. But there's another kid in there, you know, Judge Brother, Derek Fabian. He had a great season. So, you know, Florida's going to have a pretty good competition out at second base. Um you know, I think Jake Fox wins it out because, I mean, the swing is there. I mean, he hit a home run, and people were comparing his swing to Bryce Harper. And if you don't know who Bryce Harper is, just look <laughs> at the contract he makes. That's a $300 million uh, swing right about there. about line like Nick, Edgar, I can tell. <laughs> we're, 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 I, we're I'm speaking lies. the truth. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't put him in a corner where you put me in. So. <laughs> yeah. Shout um, out to Bryce Harper. Yeah, that uh, – he had that swag that left that he had a bomb that, that we were just talking about NLI stuff that, um, that swing got picked up everywhere. Barstool, um, Barstool picked it up that, that had millions of impressions. Right. What else do you got? Uh, Who, Hector, uh, who's a, go ahead, Dan. I was gonna say, who's a player on the team that might be like a, a late bloomer, maybe the guy that's not going to contribute, you know, first or second year, but maybe has the tools, you know, down the line to be a, a contributor for you Wait, are you talking about from the recruiting class or somebody that's already on the roster? I don't care. You can say one of each, I guess. Maybe from the recruiting class since that's what we're we're talking about most recently. All right. So for the recruiting class, one kid that I that I'm pretty high on, and I think he'll be very I think he'll make an impact immediately because you know there's gonna be a position of need is Corey Robinson. He's out of Spurs Creek High School. There's actually another Florida com- commit that is on the same team with him, Brandon Neely. He's a right-handed pitcher. But Corey is a – he's a smaller center fielder, but one thing he can do is absolutely fly. He is one of the fastest players in the country. I think he ran like a 6.3260. And if you're running that fast, you know, he's probably got a top five speed in his class. And there's actually another kid in Florida's class that's actually probably the fastest kid in the country, Michael Robertson. But I have him on as a guy that probably gets drafted, you know, because he's six one. Um, but he's a little bit bigger and he has more speed. Well, Robinson is about 5'11, 170. He's a skinny guy. But, you know, when I saw him play high school ball, he played against Painter in in the preseason and he actually went two for two against Painter with a walk. So he's a guy that he's going to get on base. He's going to steal backs and he's going to cover a lot of ground in center field. I feel like once that kid continues to develop and starts building up into that frame, I think that's a kid that is, you know, he might not, he might never hit 15 homers in college, but he might be a guy that hits, you know, 323, 30, you know, steal about 20 bags and play a great center field. 
As for somebody on the team right now, I'm going to go like with the kid. me in my prime, Hector. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> as, for center, as for somebody that's currently on the roster, I mean, and the kid already hit 300 this year, but I think, you know, he hasn't even, you know, reached the ceiling yet is Sterling Thompson, the right fielder. Um, he's a kid that yeah. is about 6'3", but I think he's under 200 pounds. I mean, he's a, he's got skinny arms, but he, you know, the swings there. Um, Nick was telling me that that Sully kind of saw him as a Cody Bellinger type, and that's an M, that's an MVP. You know, if I'm looking at Tom and Thompson, I kind of see that the Cody Bellinger um, comparison. But the one thing that I, I, you know, for in he's also draft eligible this year, so I expect him to add some way to improve his draft stock and improve the power because. The, the stroke is there. It's a great swing, but the power just needs to get there. And I think if he adds a nice 15 to 20 pounds, he could be a 15 to 20 home run guy next season, especially with how low that right field wall is. He can he can get it out there. Yeah, the one, uh, one that I'm really interested in um, from the team is Jacob Young. I think when you look at – uh, baseball now and how analytical it's gotten with the numbers. You know, it's it's a high strikeout home run game. Um, it, that doesn't really put Jacob Young, you know, in, in the forefront. But if if you're like a, a high school coach or a little league coach and you bring your team to watch Florida play, that's the person you point to and tell like your little kids, like, hey, that's who you want to watch. That's who I want you to emulate because he just does everything the right way. Um, he was draft eligible last year. They only had five rounds. Draft eligible again. He was just up um, in North Carolina at the first ever MLB draft combine. He's someone I don't know where he would get drafted, but it'd probably be ha- have to be, you know, top five to seven rounds to make sense money-wise unless, you know, uh, he decides, hey, if I come back, I'm a senior, and I, then I have no bargaining chip. Um, so he's one that's really interesting. I think it would be incredible for Florida um, to get him back, but uh, not sure, you know, where uh, where his head's at when it comes to that. Yeah, based off the people that I've actually spoken to, they think that Young is a fifth or a sixth round player. I think his his head tool carries some value, and people are no, already know when they're watching him that he's never going to be a 30 home run guy in the big leagues if he ever makes it to the big leagues. But what he does well is he works the count well. He's no, not a high strikeout guy. He makes a lot of contact, plays good defense, and he can run. You know, they can work with guys like that. If they know that's where they're going to be, then that's somebody that, you know, they're not going to look to add power to. You know, they're just going to be like, hey, man, just continue doing what you're doing. Just, you know, fine-tune on these type of things. So, you know, if you do ever make it, you know, you could stay up there either as a top-of-the-order bat or kind of hitting that 7-8 hole trying to be like another – like a second leadoff hitter in the bottom of the order. What about what? Uh, here's one. It's not necessarily draft, but what do you think the uh, the weekend rotation looks like next year? So I think for the I think the first two spots are pretty much locked in. I think it's going to be Barco number one and Sparron number two. As for number three, if Timmy Manning improves, I feel like he's a guy that could that could get it. He was a top draft prospect, but. You know, because of the five rounds, he was a guy that quickly announced that he was going to go to Florida. He had a kind of a roller coaster of a year, but a little bit more bad than good. But there's some stuff there. He has a disgusting breaking ball. He has one of the best curveballs I've seen ever from a left-hander. Um, but if it's going to be a high school, but let's say like one of the freshmen sneaks into the class, there's one kid that 
I that I look at is like he can be the next AJ Puck at Florida, and that is Pierce Capala, the six foot eight, two hundred fifteen pound left handed pitcher out of New Baseball Jersey. Tall. That's what I'm. That's what I'm learning today. Pitchers are tall, especially, yeah, especially pitchers. starting pitchers. Very tall. Yeah, but Capala is actually going to come down to IMG um, and decided not to. And I think I think he got his team to the state championship or close to it this year. Um, one of my friends who used to cover Florida is up there covering preps and he was asking me about him. Um, that'd be one, that'd be an interesting one. If, if, you know, he's, we always talk about painter and petty. Um, but I think Apollo is the one, you know, that probably needs a little more development than those two. And that could, like you said, could get to campus. Yeah. Plus this is a deep left-handed pitching draft. So even a guy with, I mean, this is a kid that can get up to 96, 97, even with all that, he could Jeez. still like, he can he still like will fall underneath the cracks. And a big yeah. part of it is he kind of looks like clunky on the mound because he's just so long and skinny. But he's a guy that I think will be an exceptional player, you know, will probably compete for the Sunday role. I imagine, you know, the veterans are gonna get the are gonna get the first crack, but if they don't, you know, perform well or if this kid is just lights out and and you you can't just take you can't keep him off the roster, you can't keep him out of the rotation, then He's going to force at least hand, but I mean, he's a kid that I think will be an excellent pickup for Florida if he's able. That's one. That's that would make Florida because they had like I think let me make sure they had six. Um, they had six perfect game All Americans in their recruiting class. I have two that are going, and there's one that's fifty fifty, and that is depending on something that actually hurt today that could change that kid, you know, one way or another, but. Yeah, so Pierce Capala, that's a kid that I, I think he'll be very good. And he's a kid that um, was actually, you know, college baseball, you really don't get a lot of flips. You know, if you do, it's from a small school to a big school. This kid was actually signed to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, if I'm not mistaken, they made it to the College World Series. Yeah. You, you usually don't see one kid flip from a big school to another big school. It's usually from a small division one school, and then he finally gets recognized, and a big-time school offers him, and he takes it. But that's one of those rare instances where they've actually flipped a UVA commit. The other one that it's actually just reminding me right now, Hunter Barco was a UVA commit and Florida flipped him. But, but uh, uh, Barco was actually a Florida kid. Um, Kapala's, you know, up there in New Jersey with Petty. Yeah, uh, Jackson Coer was a uh, Virginia Clemson commit. Clemson commit. That's right, uh, and they fired Jim Leggett. Um, but yeah. Baseball kids commit when they're freshmen, sophomores, and that nice to just stick it out. Um, one other name that you didn't mention, yeah. it'll be interesting to see, will be Nick Pogue, just seeing where he comes back from his from his Tommy John surgery because he got Tommy John in February, and that can be anywhere from 14 months to 24 months, depending on the guy. But, you know, if you think, hey, 14 months, when, when does he slot back in, you know, somewhere in the middle of the season or right maybe in the middle of SEC play? Um, and how do you use him coming back from Tommy John surgery? But definitely an arm that Florida would have liked to have had this year. Yeah, he was definitely missed. I think him and Connor Scott would have been the most two uh, most used relief pitchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with their ability to go to eat up multiple innings and not just be one inning guys. Yeah, yeah. Christian and, and Nick were, were two guys that you know the way Christian was used, you know, three four innings at a time, um, kind of like the way we saw. Uh, Kevin Copps at, at, at Arkansas, the way Michael Byrne was used at Florida in 2016, 2017. You know, that reliever, but a reliever that can give you five, six innings if you need him to. Yeah, that Copps kid was incredible. Yeah. 
he did some great things over in Arkansas. And that's a guy that I really don't hear a lot about in the draft. I mean, I think he throws pretty hard. It's just um, interesting. I'm surprised that he's not getting a lot of um, buzz for the draft. So overall, um, we've obviously mentioned some of the names, um, you know, Petty Painter. Um, who? How do you think Florida survive? I mean, obviously the, the draft, a bunch of stuff can happen, but how do you think Florida shakes out after this draft? I think they're a lock in the, for a top three recruiting class. Um, you know, they might not be number one anymore, depending how many guys leave. But I feel like they're like the quality of their commits is what will keep them up there. And I and to be honest, with you, like I'm I, like I literally wrote down everything before. I have like five guys that I think will be gone and two fifty fifties, and it really just depends on what happens. Now I could be dead wrong, you know, because the MLB draft is extremely <laughs> yeah. un the MLB draft is extremely unpredictable. It's probably the only draft that doesn't take the best the the best players. It takes mm-hmm. you know whatever they can because of um, slot values and stuff like that. Slot value, signability, all that stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, we got Sunday. It'll be Sunday night into Tuesday, three day draft or two day. Yeah, three days. And Monday Monday starts at one, and Tuesdays at noon. Yeah, yes. Sunday's the one that'll be easy for you to follow, Silk. It'll be on – like, it'll, it'll be on MLB Network, I think. Or ESPN. I think it's – Or maybe MLB ESPN. Network. Come on, man. I don't have that channel. <laughs> um, it, uh, is that true? It, it, that's easy to follow. The first day is easy to follow because it's just the uh, the first round and the compensation picks. It's slow, so I'm, I'm off, I'm off once you get Once you get to Tuesday – those picks from like rounds 20 to 50 or, you know, or I guess it used to be, you know, down into the fifties, but once they get into the later picks, it just starts rolling. You thought you yeah, think yeah, like yeah, yeah. rounds five through seven, the NFL are fast. Like you can't even talk about who's being picked. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have Hector. Okay, yeah. right. Spence, Spence asked me if I had the fire stick. I do. So we, we cool. I'm checking out that draft for sure. I want to, I want to start getting more into the Knicks on the show. So I gotta, I gotta like, like baseball a little bit now. <laughs> Forcing that on him. Well, Hector, right. let's let them know uh, where they can find you on social media, where they can find your writing. I know we've got some stuff planned uh, this week for the draft and, and, and all that, and I'll be over on Rivals. Yep. So if you do want to – by the way, it's on MLB Network and ESPN. I just checked it out right now. Nice. So if you want to follow me my on Twitter, because there's no reason you follow me on Instagram, my ad is at Hector underscore baseball. Um, besides Gators Territory, I'm also – on Rutgers Rivals for baseball coverage and fish traps. I'm the contributor for them on SB Nation. You say fish traps? Stripes. Fish traps. What do you do over there? What's up? I, a lot of draft stuff. Like tomorrow. Oh, I, I thought it was fishing. fishing. No, like Marlins. No, Marlins. Marlins. Oh, Marlins. Marlins. Oh, Marlins. 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 Miami, Miami, Dan. My bad. Yeah, I know. Sorry. No. Miami, come on, Dan. I know. It's been, what, 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> almost, yeah, almost 2012. Hey, I, mean, I ain't gonna lie, man. There was a, there was a run of of, of Marlins sports. While I was a big Marlins fan. We had Joe, Jeff Conan and the boys, man. Yeah, I went down to some playoff games at the time. I was like a jet. That was fun times. I went to a couple of Trey Willis uh, moments as well. That's my guy. That's my guy. The D train. I oh, the D train. I used to copy his pitching motion when I was in when I was in travel ball. I used to slap out the park. I could tell Hector. (laughs) 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 They need to bring back the teal pinstripes. They do every now and then. They do every now and then for like a. Tell tell us about your pitch, Hector. How did it work out for you? Um, for me, I was mostly a hitter, but as a pitcher, I was just 
fastball, and let's see if this curveball can break. <laughs> so that was really it. When you tried to dunk throw, what happened? Be honest. Oh, I was like eight or nine. Like I was just like trying oh, to. Okay. I was just trying yeah. to throw hard. No, back in yeah. high school, like I couldn't get up that high without like being off balance. Right. But yeah, it. but I actually I played against Code Nine's kid. He's actually with the Marlins now in minor mm-hmm. leagues, and he's he's got like seventeen bombs already. Kids next. That's Code Nine, man. Yep. It's a goat. Yep, definitely, Mister Marlin. Definitely. So, all right, Hector. Well, we appreciate your time uh, this evening, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Thank you for having me, guys. Um, Thanks, enjoy Robert. the rest of the show. Have a great week. Talk Thanks to you, later, Hector. Thank you. you bye bye. Bye. Shout out to Hector. Well, first off, Hector knows his stuff, but as much as I talk baseball, Silk just doesn't listen. I, we had to bring somebody else on. You lie too much, bro. To give yeah. to give the same or similar opinions. It's like it's like the movie Liar Liar with you, man. The pen is blue. <laughs> oh, it might be black. Don't you say? <laughs> Shout out to we got, we got some good information. I wanted to deep dive on Sully, but it was more about the draft, so I laid back a little bit. I didn't want to, you know, trying to get in good graces with all the coaches. Can we get Sully on here? Yeah. Right, to right some uh, wrongs? He's up in uh, North Carolina right now. He's the pitching coach for the USA Collegiate uh, National. Dan team. has a take about Sully. What's Dan's take on Sully? He hasn't been on the show. That's I why he's struggling. Takes? Huh? I have takes? Yeah, you say he hasn't been on the show. That's why he's struggling. Oh, yes, that is true. Yeah, yeah, all the coaches that – haven't been on the show, aren't doing as well as they should be. Well, the tennis coach just won a championship. He's not been on the show. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that's he's yeah, yeah. to the rule, Nick. That, hey, you, are you with us against us, Nick? I don't know. Like, I against us, all I know is I'm, I'm getting like a weekly segment of, of fact-checking Dan. Right, there's, right. There's one thing a week where I fact-check Dan. I'm going to oh, start yeah. selling a sponsorship for Dan's fact-check of the week. Yeah, I <laughs> know. I need to. Uh, I need Danny to facts <laughs> turn it to Dan's fact-check. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we need to get uh, the new soccer coach on. We got to get the tennis coach on. Got to get Sully on. Um, I'm not sure Mike White will ever come on the show. No, no, no. We wrap that up a little bit. I don't think. Yeah, that's a wrap. I think my okay. tweets kind of sold that up the river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll get the next basketball coach whenever that may be. Yeah, shout out uh, to him. Yeah. Well, there you go. It wasn't over yet. <laughs> we were talking about interviewing his replacement on the show. I think that might seal it. Well. Yeah, come on the show. Says, and- there's one way to fix that fate, Nick. Come on, the come on the show. Okay, come on hey. the show. Well, Ron English came on the show. He stood in the paint, center Nick, of the ring. Nick, we didn't we didn't interview you well enough, you know. So we gotta get back to our. <laughs> I don't know if he's for us or against us, bro. I, I can't know. tell. This guy's oh, like man. Nick's been on the show for like seven, eight weeks now. He's barely bringing us any new guests, and Mm-mm. you know. T- dogging us, you know. Yeah, like come going against our philosophies and our like yeah. thoughts and shit. No, no, just just come to 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 wreck things up, burn the city down. Shout <laughs> to Ron English though. I called yeah. him Larry English for like a year and a half, so he's probably like fed up by the time he came on the show. Shout out to Larry English too. Shout out to Larry English too. I called him Larry English, English on the show. That's how no, bad he 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 came with his guard up. He came with like seven guards up. I asked him one question and he was <laughs> he, he, he was not bad. happy. Like, what do you mean recruiting's hard? I was like, I don't you tell me. See, when Dan um, made his mistake, I knew I should probably let up. I was like, you know what? <laughs> like see, he's Dan, a little you, ready. You didn't he's follow up with like a well, I, I thought it wasn't hard, and then the way you make it look, I thought it was hard. So you tell me how it's not. Shout out to Larry English. Yeah, shout out to Larry English. Um, well, let's give a shout out to our friend 
Carlton Black. Um, he actually helped one of our listeners. Shout out, Alex. Uh, gave us a message on uh, on Patreon the other day. Uh, let us know that he's going to be saving $200 a, a month on his mortgage by using Carlton Black. So if you're mm. looking for a new mortgage or you're looking to refi, I'm give, Carlton, refi. give Carlton Black a call. I'm not call Carlton. I, need, I don't want to sell, but there's some, there's some good equity just floating around here, Daniel. Sure is. Sure is. 404-769-5501. 404-769-5501. Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Virginia home loans, refis, FHA loans, VA loans, construction loans, whatever the case may be, give them a call at 404-769-5501. Uh, well, we said that uh, Fred Johnson will be on the show in this uh, this segment right here. Unfortunately, he had a scheduling conflict come up. He's going to come oh. on in the next couple of weeks. So he is very, very oh, apologetic. Oh, so ready. I was so yeah, we, about this Royal Palm Beach High School alumni talk, Dan. We were we were running a few minutes behind. Some things came up in his schedule, so I got so uh, many notes, Dan. I was like, I had all the Royal Palm, all my tweets printed up of like my Fred Johnson support when the slander was going crazy, and I said Fred Johnson is going to be an NFL pro for a long time. I got all my shit lined up, and he flaked on me. He flaked on on you personally, actually. Royal said, Palm, because, Palm, yeah, Royal Palm. The five six one, just uh, the the blood isn't as strong there. Oh my goodness! You I know? thought my face was better than that. I gotta talk to Fred. Oh man! So uh, Fred will be coming on in the next few weeks. Um, so we apologize for that. But Silk, why don't you take us into a Brunt Insurance ad read and let's break down some Gator news of the week and a little buy or sell action. Shout out to the greatest insurance company of all time. My man, Greg, at Brun Insurance and Financial Services, the best of the best when it comes to customer service. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, my man, Greg, got you. Home, auto, your life, renter's insurance, motorcycle insurance, trailer insurance, anything you may need insured or maybe even some financial services, visit BrunInsurance.com or give my man, Greg, a call. 954-589-2204. Big coverage, big policies. My, uh, my... Car insurance renews, I think, in a couple of days. So, Greg, be looking out mm. for that check, buddy. Um, you, you, just, you be ready to save some money, Dan. That's all you need to be ready for. That's right. Well, I'm, I'm saving I'm saving a couple. I think I'm saving another $100 over the last time I renewed a new car, all that kind of stuff. But uh, from uh, from last time, brand new car, your insurance, pew, through the ceiling. Um, but uh, we're back down to some normal rates. Not Greg's fault, though. Um, let's get into Gator News of the Week. Um, Nick, I might need some help with this name. I'm going to say it and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so getting news of the week, Mark Colasvera. Yeah, correct him. Correct him. Correct him. Yeah, correct him. Go ahead and correct him. Uh, I know he's wrong. He said correct me if I'm wrong. I know he's wrong, so go ahead and correct him. Say it again. Colasvari. 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 There's an A. There's an A that's missing in there. Is that so. Detroit? What's um, that from? Is that is that Floridian or is that Mark Detroit? Cole of Sari. Cole Zavari. Um, Cole Zavari. Well, that, was, that was fun to type because uh, he started. Is that California name or is it like a Detroit name? He's Florida. He's from Florida. Oh, shout out to that. 
Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, that name doesn't sound Floridian. Um, <laughs> but uh, long story short, um, he's from beautiful Eustis, Florida. That's incredible. It sounds um, Eustis. It sounds yeah. like it's from Eustis, Florida. Definitely. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah, it either yeah. sounds like it's from Eastern Europe or Eustis, Florida. They silence um, the Z C H on in 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 that place. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's right. You know, that, that's Colo. Just call him Colo for shorts. So we don't get yeah, that. Yeah. The the cherry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever pronounced it. it has a Z S V in a row like yeah, that. Yeah, all that solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all long story <laughs> you short. Should, you just gotta say it with your chest. When you don't know, you say it with your chest like you're like you're right, and people just go yeah. along with it. Well, I've done that before, Nick, and I got called out in the DM. So <laughs> confidence is key with, with, with bad uh pronunciation. I just take that from me. I'll you tell you what, that, that was bad. So anyway, we'll start this Gator News. And then you just say tomato, tomato, and that fixes everything. That's Mm. right. (laughs) Potato, potato. Uh, So Mark uh, was named to the U.S. Olympic roster and will be uh, the Team USA starting catcher for the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. So congratulations to him. Colin Castleton, that's the name I got right, um, is going to be returning for his senior year. Uh, That's a big get for Florida. He had a good uh, kind of breakout season for Florida last year uh, at center. I think that he continues to get better. Um, Eric Fawcett, uh, obviously friend of the program, uh, was commenting that he was shooting lights out from the three-pointer during uh, tryouts and, uh, you know, exhibition style, um, you know, run around. So, um, you know, expect Florida to to hopefully get a little bit more from him from shooting the ball deep. So, um, Colin Castleton will be back to a brand-new Florida roster. On the University of Florida football team, five freshmen or transfers made their first academic honor roll. Uh, so shout out to Xavier Henderson, Mordecai McDaniel, yeah. Jonathan Odom, Stuart Reese, and Jonathan Shorter for being first-year academic honor roll uh, football honorees. For shout out to the books. Yeah, shout out to the books, man. Absolutely. Um, in women's golf, a former UF golfer and 2016 SEC champion, uh, Maria Fernanda Torres is going to represent Puerto Rico in the 2021 Olympics in Japan. So congratulations to her. Uh, in women's track and field, uh, the Florida Gators haven't announced officially, but on their Instagrams they've announced that Jasmine Moore, who is actually a, uh, a triple jumper in uh, the Olympics this, uh, this summer, uh, is going to be transferring to the University of Florida from the University of Georgia. Uh, so she just announced that from a couple days ago. So that's a huge get uh, for the Florida Gators. Also, Anna Hall, who runs the heptathlon and the high jump from the University of Georgia, is going to be transferring to the University of Florida. And then Asia Smith, who's a grad transfer from San Diego State, uh, who is a heptathlete and runs the pentathlon, is also going to be uh, transferring to the University of Florida. Um, odds on favorite from what I am reading that the Gators could potentially be winning the Women's Track and Field National Championship next year. So good luck and congratulations to them. And finally, former Gators baseball player, sorry, Harrison Bader, who's been having a rough season of injuries and just hitting overall, hit his first career grand slam in extra innings uh, the other day. So congratulations to Harrison Bader. That ends this week, Gator news of the week all right boys three (laughs) wide receivers on the florida gators are going to end up with at least 500 yards received buy or sell you said three five hundred my i buy it let's go okay who who are they in your mind silk Uh, give me shorter copeland hendo okay I mean, if you're doing that, then you're probably putting Emory at 2,000 passing. 
Yeah, I, I you'd have to probably put them at more than. I mean, that's about right these days, man. They ain't even a crazy year anymore, right? It's just a past yeah. happy league these days. Um, three. I don't think five hundred. I, I mean, that, that's a good season, but I don't think that's a great year. There's a lot of guys. I'll, I'll just sell because I think you're going to get you know a Malik Davis and Naquan Wright. Um, into the mix, you know, some running backs into the mix. I think you'll get uh, Trent Whittemore into the mix as long as these guys stay healthy. So uh, I'll sell. I'll probably get like seven. Here's my thinking of this, Nick. Let's break it down a little bit. I just think Hendo, right, could take a, a bubble screen maybe 60, 70 yards a few times mm-hmm. a year. Um, Copeland, like all those guys just have like the ability to just like score from anywhere. So I'm just thinking they could do it a few times a year and 500 shouldn't be hard. Like, like out the catch shit. They can get 500, all three of those guys. I mean, Travis had a bunch of those where, you know, it's a a three-yard pass, and all of a sudden, Kadarius Tony's 45 yards down the field. Right. We also had some where guys were just possession receivers wasn't catching and running, like, on the deeper routes or, like, crossing routes. So I think we can get some stuff where people are catching and running. We got away from bubble screens and a lot of, like, the smaller Mm -hmm. stuff. We were going down the field a little bit. So I think I just think these guys will be able to run out to catch a lot. I'm thinking like five or six at like 300 plus, but maybe okay. three at 500. That's a, that's a lot of yards. So the Gators have had back-to-back seasons <laughs> where they've had three guys with over 500 yards each, um, but they didn't do it once in the 10 years before that. So um, I think that it's tough. Um, I don't think that it happens this year. I think that four has um, that are going to get the ball. I think you have one guy or maybe two guys. I think you have two guys with over 500 yards, and then I think you have a smattering of folks with, you know, 200 to 400 yards. So uh, we'll be curious to see how that all plans out because I don't think that Florida has a true number one wide receiver. I think you have guys that will, will likely think that they're the number one. You're Jacob Copeland. Um, you know, maybe your Xavier Hendersons can be a number one, but I, I don't think, think I think, I think one I- yet. I think Copeland is the one. I think it's just because of their relationship with him and Copeland. Uh, his skill set has a lot to do with it as well. But I just think he's been throwing to him a lot. And I can just tell between the energy between them two, they're moving together a lot. So I, I'm going to go on, on record. I think Copeland's and the one wide receiver is going to get a shitload of targets from, from Emory. Because yeah. they, they boys, they've been hanging a lot. They've been playing on second team together a lot. The chemistry's there. So I think I think there is a number one. Not only on paper yet, but it's coming. Pause. Yeah. Um, last, I, I've sold some things. Alex said I ain't selling anything. I've sold some stuff, bro. I don't think no, I no, no. Sold. Silk's I got daddy's Silk, Silk's got daddy's black card. He hasn't sold a thing. He's sold just, sold he's just buy, 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 buy. He's right. just he's just hyping it up for when he's got the Gators going fifteen and zero this season. Man, you just wait on that. I'm definitely buying that. <laughs> All right, boys. Last season, the Gators had thirty nine point eight points per game. <laughs> buy or sell? The Gators have thirty five points a game scoring this season. <laughs> I got more money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> swipe it, Silk. Yeah, swipe. Give me the black card, bro. Buy it. Let's go. Shout out. Uh, I will uh, – I'll sell this. You're selling everything too, though. Y'all talking about me. Well, you're buying. So I'm making everything. money over here. Okay. Nick's just hedging his bet. I mean, you got it for sale. Don't mean nobody's buying it, Nick. That's true. Nick's doing some option trades over here. We'll see if it sells. All right, Nick. Nick, you're selling 35. What do you think? 30? 
28. Uh, well, it's, it's <laughs> interesting because the way that it goes, the way that the, the game is changing, like everyone scored last year. Um, and, and that seems to be the way that's going. So I almost bought because of that. But I think Florida's going to be um, uh, run the ball more. And just in, in that. Still going to get points, Nick. Points of points. Yeah. I, see, I don't think you've got the same the same offense as you had last we year. Don't. And, we don't. We're still going to get points. It don't, we don't have the same offense. We're still going to get points. Shout out to the caravan. So Nick, I'm, buying, you, I'm buying everything. So I'll tell you why I'm buying. It's not necessarily because I think okay. Florida's going to have a better offense. I think it's because they have an easier schedule to be able to get some points in some mm. big games. Um, I think Florida Atlantic, I think USF, I think Samford, I think that they score big points there. I think that they score big against Vanderbilt. Um, LSU, yeah, LSU too. Yeah, I that's full. <laughs> I think Tennessee for sure. Um, you know, so I think that there's some games, you know, where Florida's going to be able to put up 50, 60 points where last year they weren't able to. So um, I'm going to buy it around 35 points a game. I'm going to go 35.1 just to be the over. All right. I'm going to go 34.8. Um, uh, yeah, we, we went 35 in the all SEC schedule. I like Dan's take on well thought out, seems yep. professional, and exactly. I already bought it. So I think Nick's in tough, tough waters here. Are we keeping track of this? Let's keep track of this. Are we keeping track of this? Yeah, we are. I want, to, I want to revisit all of this. Yeah, oh, I we will have we will have a show where we revisit all of this, and you'll have to stand in the paint. Uh, and finally, buy or sell the Gators averaged uh, allowing about thirty points uh, per game last season. Let me give you uh, the exact number here, so it's I'm not just pulling numbers out of my hat. Uh, thirty point eight. Buy or sell the Gators allow more than 30 points a game this season. I'm selling that. Write that down, Alec. Silk selling. Why are you selling? Uh, like a little bit of what Dan said. Uh, it's not all SEC schedule. And I also like our upgrades at the defensive tackle position. I think defense starts at that position. We were weak at it last year to start the season. Um, Starting-wise and depth-wise, we, we get that position. This year, I think we bo uh, bolstered up that with the transfer portal. And we also have our own in-house Gravon Dexter, who I think is going to come on around midseason and be a starter himself. So I just got the defense being overall better. We got different different defensive back coaches. Grantham is still, you know what I'm saying, to be judged. Mm, she's still a little hot for, with the fans and the fan base, but I think we improved. I'm selling too. I uh, I'm just selling everything. I'm not buying a damn thing this week. Um, I I agree. I think uh, we'll see. You know, I mean, listen. The the secondary was bad last year, and uh, you get two guys drafted <laughs> from from a bad secondary. So I think the, uh, that's why there were some coaching changes there. We'll see how they do. Um, I'm 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 a big Gervon Dexter guy, like Silk just said. Um, I also like um, Shelton and are we calling him Valentino or Shelton? I don't know which one. Both of them. I like both of those guys. Well, no, that's the same person. Antonio well, Shelton, and he said he wanted to be called Valentino. Yeah. That's what his Twitter says. Let's call his yeah. whole name. What do you mean? We can't say I want to be called my last name. Well, I, don't know. I don't know what his situation is. Anyway, him and like uh, Daquan Newkirk. That's the uh, that's the Auburn transfer. Um, I like those two there. I like Chris Bogle, who, who I mean, Silk has been leading, beating that drum for a while. He's, he's the, the – Bogle train, baby. Yeah. Big, bo big Bogle vibes. I got Bogle leading us in sacks, man. I'm going out on a limb, man. As long as he stay healthy, I got big Bogle vibes. And then I know they're young, um, but I like Mordecai McDaniel. I like Travis Johnson. I right, like right. Mark Wilcoxon. Obviously, Kyrie Elam. Um, I think Florida's defense will be better. And then, like you said, Dan, with um, you know getting USF and getting FAU and then getting uh, – I forget who the team is, third to last game, but it's another yeah, – 
Samford. Yep. Uh, I think, you know, those games will be single digit games given up, you know, uh, in terms of points, um, which will certainly help the average. I like that. Um, I'm going to, um, Hmm. I didn't really think this out. I'm going to sell. I think the Gators allow less than 30 points a game, uh, but I still think it's an inordinately high number. I think our defensive backs, you know, despite the improvements, I think at um, on the defensive line, maybe even at linebacker, I think the defensive backs leave a leave a hole, um, allow some points. You know, you, you play some decent offenses this year. Uh, you know, your Alabamas and, and things of that nature. So we could uh, fix the defense with one other way. Shout out to Ali got a great point. Like, that's right. Yeah. Todd Grantham, you want to come on the show. Things improve when you come on the show. So um, Todd Grantham invitations open. So um, I'm going to sell, but I still think it's higher than, uh, you know, 25 points per game. So that concludes buy or sell. Silk, let's get us a manscaped ad. Oh, man. The summer's thriving, Dan. It's hot. The humidity's big. I can't. I can't go to the mailbox without these balls sweating, man. I stepped out on accident the other day and said, "Let me go get the mail real quick." Walk over to the mailbox. It's a little skip. I walked over there, came back, my whole leg was dripping. It's like, oh god damn, I ain't putting no goddamn ball deodorant on. I'm slipping out here in the summertime. Be sure to use coupon code SG at checkout, man, to keep them balls smooth and cool. Gotta keep them cool. Lawnmower 4.0 is the vibes. It got the light up signal like the bad signal so when you like that lawnmower 4.0 up at night wifey should know it that's the bad signal going up oh he's shaving them things it's about to go down <laughs> coupon code sg at checkout man forget that lawnmower 4.0 get the ball deodorant you get the weed whacker keep everything you know what i'm saying smooth as eggs sg at checkout 20 percent off free shipping support your podcast your favorite podcast your podcast favorite podcast. Yeah. Podcast favorite podcast. All right, boys. Anything else that you guys want to talk about before we get into the song of the week and close out the show? No, man. Bobs are good. I'm looking at I'm looking at Twitter right now. I got Dan Mullen out surfing. Is it surfing? Behind the boat. Oh, I like it when he go do vacation stuff and they get mad. I'm about to <laughs> <it out. laughs> Can't recruit on a surfboard during the dead period, Dan. That's right. <laughs> He's wake surfing. He's not real surfing. Come on, he got it with a boogie board. What's he yeah, doing? I think he's that. It looks like a boogie board. I don't. I'm not a big water uh, sports looks, guy. It's like it's like when you, you you're holding onto a rope behind the boat, but then you let go and you're just riding. Oh, riding the wake, wake surfing, boat. wake, wake surfing. surfing. Yeah, I, well, it looks I, challenging. Should, it does. You should be asking the boat captain, not me though. Mm. We don't do that behind my boats. It's a little too dangerous. No, you um, can't drive the, the boat. That's the well, problem. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, Brunt Insurance has some something that can cover you there, Dan. Probably. Yeah, that's a good idea, Dan. Uh, uh, Nick. Uh, next time I go out, I gotta make sure I'm good with the life insurance. <laughs> it does. It doesn't seem like people are as mad in the other uh, mentions this time. I'm going through them right now. Um, I'm sure. Out on the trail, baby. He's handy he's landing true. guys. So. Uh, somebody responded. Summer recruiting? Question mark. So. <laughs> Um, of course, <laughs> if you're not recruiting 24-7. You're How old is the picture? Is it fresh? He tweeted today. Yeah, I tweeted oh. today. He tweeted oh, it. just flexing on the timeline, man. For, 40 minutes ago. Makes a lot of money a year. I say it all the time. Makes a lot of money. It'd be a shame not to be able to spend it. He's got. He's out on a boat. He's living the dream. Uh, what's good? What's shout good out to him. He just, cel- he's just celebrated 16 years of marriage with right. Megan. What's like, if, you, if you're a millionaire and can't vacation, like, what's the point? No point. 
No, I saw watch this whole video. So you have to watch it halfway through. You think it's him just surfing the whole time. I don't know, probably about three quarters of the way through. He does himself a little 360 on it. So did he hump, did he hump a shark? I, I don't think so. This doesn't look <laughs> like a place where sharks would be, but okay. That's pretty sick. I wish I could do that. So anyway, long story short, Dan Mullen's uh surfing and not recruiting. So get your takes off and his mentions. Um all right, boys. I think it's my song of the week. Yep, Grand Little uh, Soap took it last week. Yep. Well, yeah, I, I appreciate the extra. I got an extra song. Thanks yeah, yeah. So, so when I was, uh, so I went to a concert, like I said on Saturday. This guy named Griffin, who's like otherwise pretty instrumentally strong. He's a DJ, but he also like plays piano and does stuff like that. But Word this up. was his DJ set. It got a little too. Uh, got too wild for me, a little too beady at times, but um, he does have some really good songs. He's a new one called Best Is Yet to Come. So uh, let's do that one. So Griffin, Best Is Yet to Come. And boys, that's a fact, we'll Chad. That is a fact. And hey, we didn't get to flirt around before we got it. We didn't get to flirt around who we want for NIL. Mm. I had that as a segment on here. I want to talk to you guys about it. Who we want to represent the state of Miguel real quick? Who you got? We got a lot of names. I want creators. Mm-hmm. You got to name names? You can name a few. Why not? We here. Let's get the people involved. Who y'all want? They already been in my mentions who they want. Yeah. We've gotten some whispers, and we, we, we've been talked with a few guys. What? Well, we've already talked. We already said I'll, – I'll, I'll throw some names out there. I, I said guys that are already creating and marketing their own brand and themselves. So I'll throw Princely out there um, mm-hmm. as a guy who already has the YouTube channel going. Um, Prince, I'll let us, man. I watch, I watch a lot. Of, I see a lot of the players when they post like Instagram stories, stuff like that. TikTok's mm-hmm. big on the dancing platform. Seems like Xavier Henderson – uh, might have been a member of the Jabberwockies at one point in his life. Okay. So I'm gonna throw him on there, and we're gonna get him on TikTok. He dances. Um, he doing dance He's like like after workouts when they when the players are like hanging out in the locker room and they post stuff. He seems to be a big dance guy. We need a Stadium Miguel click crew on the team. We got to get some guys dripped up and whatever. We'll talk. Okay, uh, so <laughs> those those are my two, and then obviously my third would be. Go after the quarterback. If you're not, you know, big game hunting, then what are we even doing here? So go right. after the quarterback. And then I got some other guys who uh, I can see in, in two different avenues uh, blowing up on, on YouTube and TikTok. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Nick. Um, I like all of those. Um, I like Zach Carter. Um, I think that he's well-spoken. I think that he's he's got a good story to tell. I think a guy like him, he's a leader on the team. Um, I'd like to go a guy after, like him. Um, I think that there's some other guys that have to to poke around a little bit more on social media to see who's really doing it well. Um, I think that we texted about Princely. I think that he does really good content. Uh, I think that he's making a name for himself outside of uh, just football. So I'd have to think of a few more, but this is where I'm thinking. Get a couple youngsters, a couple guys that are partly through their career, and then get some guys that are you know towards the end of their career. But we're absolutely going to be supporting uh, some of these guys. So if you have any ideas, hit our mentions, hit our DMs, any players – I uh, hit our DMs. We were very, very interested in talking. Now, to hit them. our mentions with the ass. You know, yep. let's let's get some shit brewing. Let's get some shit cooking. Uh, I just want to have a conversation real quick before we get out of here. But I like Zach. I like Prince. I like I like the young guy. I like Kamar. The personalities. Um, Anthony Richardson would be a good dude to keep around for a while. Like like Dan say, some of the younger guys that ain't just gonna be with us for a year may go pro. So a little bit of everything, man. Holler at us. We try to cook up something. Let's do it. All right, boys. 
Same time, same corner next week. Same corner, same time, Dan. Get it right, bro. That's like a, that's you like know. that's like someone saying blue, blue and orange. That's right. What yeah, no. <laughs> left o- left over right, right. <laughs> All right, man. Good oh. show, fellas. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Been following signs on the road. Pretending to know where to go Now we're bending and breaking the moon Searching for hope Out on our own Don't know what comes next